How you guys going? All right. Good man. How are you? Thomas, how are you? Thomas, Thomas yeah. is here as well. Guys. <laughs> been, been here last two weeks. <laughs> Just want to start by uh, thanking Rachel Duncan. She's the seller door and wholesale manager for Himera Estates. In the Barossa Valley. And you've done a bit of research on, on them uh, here. I looked, I jumped on their website, beautiful website. Great selection of wines, very easy to use. I like the meaning behind a lot of things, look into it a little bit deeper. And the, the name itself, Hemira, is the Greek goddess of the day. And of daylight. Of daylight. Yeah. And so, um, and if you go into it, it's the daughter of nighttime and all this sort of stuff. But um, if you look a little bit deeper and just simply the day, being the goddess of daylight all day, and it takes you back to the the old Roman expression, seize the day, you know. So I think to have that wine and really enjoy it and going to maybe that vineyard one day and just enjoying the whole surrounding along with that name. But I just want to see if you can say day a few more times in day? the next minute, mate. Day, 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 day. I, I think that the reason they had that, though, is that the location of the estate itself is, is actually where the first lights appear. Right. And so... The original name uh, was different, yeah. Because I think it was isn't it? It's, it's, it's a hundred year old vine, apparently. I think it's yeah. it, it's quite an old vine. It was bought with a a, a family in the eight, early eighties, late nineties, I think it was, and only recently changed the name Hemira, like yeah. two thousand and ten, two thousand and twelve. So they had a few name changes. Yeah, and I think, like you said, the research in the first light of day onto that part of the valley. Is obviously where they've grasped that. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is that she sent us a number of bottles. Very right? generous. Very and generous. today we're going to do just them. And next time we're going to start sharing them with other wines. But right. today let's let's just talk about their wine. So the first one we're going to open is the 2017 Riesling. Yes. You want to give us something, man? Because I, I want to try this. Because there's two styles of Riesling. There's the Riesling that's sweet, which I don't really like. You want that, you go and get yourself a Prosecco or, you know, whatever it is. But if you want to do Riesling, you want to do the German way or the Alsatian way, you know, the French Alsace. And that is to have wine that is very dry, that has to smell a bit of that rubber hose or the tennis ball, they, right. they say it, you know. But it has to be dry on the palate. Something like this, for example, man, you imagine this, and this is the right kind of temperature, you know, like it's been chilly the last few days. You imagine this with cheese fondue. Oh, oh man, it would just kill it. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. A bit of small goods and cheese fondue. Oh, man, that would be amazing. And they have it dry. Absolutely great stuff. That's very nice. Because this vine here is 48 years old. Wow. Right? So it's not a very old vine, but somehow. The climate in 2017 was perfect in South Australia just for that. Beautiful. It How is. nice is that? Mm. Huh? It just hits you straight away and it's... It is very nice. First reason, we haven't done a reason. Mate. It doesn't normally come up on the radar. Unless... No, you bring a semi-law. You brought semi-law. A semi-law. We haven't done it yet. We haven't done a reason. No, Riesling is a beautiful wine. Nice. But if you, you have to right. be very careful right. because... It's cheese fondue with this right yeah. now. Yeah. Huh? Mm. Imagine that you're outdoor and it's a bit chilly and, and there's and there's the open fire, yeah. And there's the open fire going. So you're cold in the back, but, you know, yeah. warm in the front. Oh, man, how nice is that? Beautiful. Well done. So, Cam, you've been a little bit hobbling around there, mate. There's some physical activity, did you, mate? <laughs> you don't seem like you can move very well. I'm so all right, buddy. You're right? I'm an athlete. You're yeah. an athlete? Yeah. You were an athlete or are oh. an athlete or ate an athlete? Today's the second day, so... Second day syndrome, <laughs> not that you guys would know. <laughs> it's called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. Oh, mm. Tomorrow I should be Is that fine. really what it's called? Yeah. Can you say that again? DOMS. DOMS. Uh, delayed onset 
muscle soreness. Problems. I've never heard that. So sometimes you'll do exercise. Yeah, it's worse the second day. Yeah, and then you'll yeah. feel all right day one, and you'll feel terrible day two. I felt I felt terrible too. since about midday Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, no, lend, lend a friend a helping hand and, and <laughs> move to about three acres of lantana with hand tools. Oh, oh well, man. couldn't let. Well, one thing for sure, he doesn't do things halfway. Like. <laughs> as long as you got it. We had a game. I, I told him first thing on Sunday, take it easy. <laughs> now, nah, mate, I'll be right. Okay, I said, mate, you're not gonna last all day, mate. We're not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> Sounds like Cam. <laughs> okay, that was Cam. word for word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cam, whatever you feel like. The first log I threw rolled down the hill. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, we la- oh, lasted. I oh, got till three o'clock. We did very well. And we then they called well. the ambulance. Oh, mate, there was there was two near heart attacks. One was a I was under the lantana and I actually had to hug it for a second and just regather my thoughts and reassess what I'm doing with my life and. <laughs> The second time I actually made it back up the top near the fire, but I just had to lie down. I was on the fetal position on the ground for a little while. <laughs> my heart, mate, I couldn't get my heart rate under control. At one stage, it was doing probably 190 at one stage, and then I'd take five minutes and a breather to try and get it back down, and then go back in on one swing of the axe, I was straight back up to 190. But <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't show weakness, mate. The wife was absolutely <laughs> killing me. So he saw I had two chainsaws there. I right? didn't see. And, and oh, come on, mate. Anyway. <laughs> He decided that he was going to use that machete that he brought along. I said, mate, you don't understand. We don't need machete here. Anyway, he decided to prove me wrong. He was going to tell me, you see, we needed every tool we had today. So I, and I could see him heading for the tree. So I thought, all right, just let him do it. And it's taken him five minutes. He stands up. He's, he's trying to take a bit of deep breath again and get some energy back into the muscles. Sat down again and went for it again. And as he's about to be finished, I said to Alex, get the chainsaw and go over there. I need some of those trees down. So <laughs> he's, he's like Cameron sitting down because he couldn't stand by that. And he is about to hack into this tree one last time. This tree is about to fall. And he turns around, he hears Alexander pulling the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it was sent prevail to say they live on a, a large, a couple of acres of Mate, land. I spoke. To, <laughs> I spoke to him the day before. I was in the chainsaw section of Bunnings, and I said, "Do we need a chainsaw?" He said, "Don't go buy one, you idiot. But if your mate's got one, you can borrow. Borrow it." To me, that says I don't, I don't have, have a chainsaw. <laughs> So Which is the assumption with the question you ask about the difference between why do you want to live in Barara <laughs> and <laughs> what completely <laughs> different. <laughs> no one let me buy a bloody chainsaw. I was very upset. I rang Crystal first and went, chainsaw. She's like, no, you're not getting a chainsaw. Our roses in the front yard don't get <laughs> <laughs> Mate, and then I'm like, Thomas, like- Thomas will want a chainsaw. So I ring Thomas. I go, what what sort of cutting tools have you got for tomorrow? And he's like, oh, you know, this and that. And I said, I'm going to buy a chainsaw. Don't buy a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do bonsai. I've got a chainsaw. You do? Yeah. Yeah, well, fucking oath. I think everything, every man needs a chainsaw. You can get one of those Ryobi battery ones because yeah. I've got Ryobi everything. Everything yeah. works off the same battery. 250 250 bucks for the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Your arm like, would have been in one piece today. <laughs> Mate, my arms, my arms are okay. Although for the first time ever, you might beat me in an arm wrestle. But my back, oh, gonna do some stretches, mate. Anyway, mate, uh, around one o'clock, after he spent three hours doing everything, he's about to sit down, right? 
Fuck. And I and I could say if this dude sits down, he's not gonna <laughs> stand <laughs> back up. So I see I said, Cam, come with me, man. I need some help here. <laughs> And I just moved him to another place because yeah. I thought, no, no, you have to keep on going. You just don't <laughs> sit down by the fire. Because we have some other dudes around and who sat down and relaxed a little bit and they sat down forever. So this is the problem. You have to keep on going. And then, he kept on going. Kept on going to three. Good Not boy. Well. Not a good year. <laughs> Not well. So but you know, right, it you this no, no, I love it. I love it. Shit. This is a beautiful what thing about said. COVID is that we are doing things yeah. that we, yeah, absolutely. we usually don't. Yeah. You know? I said to Cam when, when he left that night, I said, you know, I haven't touched a computer today. Mm. I didn't have to go and use my brain today and do any kind of research. It was just feeling the air out there, going around thinking trees. Or, it's totally different. We need to appreciate some of these things that we get in. It's active rest. In sport, we call it active recovery or active rest, where you still are actually doing something, but it's not attached to... What you normally do. Right. So in a in a football sense, that's why they swim in the pool. Yeah, right. And that's why they go down to the beach. They're still moving. They're still getting their muscles moving, but they're so far from football. And I didn't have my phone. My phone sat in the car until 4 o'clock, and then I had to get it and do a couple of things. But the combination of one physical exercise, which we could all use more of too, doing it in nature, even though Lantana can go fuck off, <laughs> Um yeah, and then being able to switch the brain. I think having the and family, the kids oh, were family, probably mate. out there running around. My you kids couldn't have you around, mate, because the rule was very many. simple. Two people from the same family. And we already had one children. person taking care of the fire, so it was all good, mate. There was only so <laughs> look, many jobs. Look, for. I, during last week, I've made a veggie patch with Isabella. She yeah. wanted to grow veggies, and yeah. it was the best bloody thing. It's not bloody easy moving a bloody tonne of soil from the front of the yard to the back of the yard, so the kids tell me because they did it. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> But um, it is the best thing, you know, getting back in there with the kids. And you're right, while there's a lot of restrictions on us, I think we need to show gratitude for the things that we are able to do that yeah. we haven't been doing. Yeah. I think those things are the ones that are going to, on the other side of this, when we do come out of this, yeah. I think that's what we're going to remember is the, the good stuff, that the fortunate things like the crook backs and <laughs> the, the, those sort of things. Yeah, we've said it many times that I, th I think that the world is experiencing something new. I think that since the Second World War, the world has been on a rat race, in a kind of race to have more material possessions, to have more, you know. And gradually, we've been from one parent working to two parents working and to two parents working. It's not enough. So now it's a rat race trying to just survive. And I think that while we can say that there's more anxiety with people, maybe fears and domestic violence being on the rise, there's one thing that is probably nice, is that for the first time, our generation has been forced to slow down and really reevaluate our values. You know, how many of us keep on saying family is number one, and yet we're working 12 hours a day, mm. and we see our kids like two hours in a day. I mean, how can that value be number one? Yeah. Oh, well, we, we justify ourselves logically, well, you know, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Bullshit. Go and tell your kids it's about uh, quality later on and why when they turn 18 they don't want to see you because you didn't spend enough time with them. Yep. So I think it, it's an, a great opportunity. So I had people saying to me, you know, oh, so-and-so is distressed, so-and-so is anxious, so-and-so is feeling fearful. Or as you know, a lot of people are working from home and I, I keep on telling people, if you're working from home, make sure every 50 minutes you get up and you go for a walk. Even when I'm working over here, every now and then I just get up, get the phone, I'll go out and make the phone call. Yesterday when I called you, it was from out the front. And 
we do these we yep. have to do these things because the action the movement the bodily movement is important to keep your mindset on the positive side and so i think at this point in time here it is important to feel grateful about what we have because grateful is a key requirement for avoiding all of those negativity I can't remember where I heard it, but someone said that entitlement and gratitude can't live in the same body. So to show that gratitude every morning of what you, you know, what is great for that day is like setting it. up to eliminate that entitlement attitude for the rest of it. I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought when I when I did hear, I thought that's very very true. And a lot of those people that you see that are entitled within, whether it's within your own workplace or a group that you're within, are usually the takers and not the givers. Yeah, and if we can start out, I simply with a, whether it's being thankful, thinking of three things, having a gratitude journal, whatever it is, starting a day with that, I think we're starting the day off on the right. Yeah, point. well, uh, people with entitlements don't show gratitude. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Yeah, it's not only been an entitlement thing. This the last couple of months, there's some people lost their jobs, some people have lost their businesses. Yeah, there's a lot of good people out there who have, have had to Absolutely. have had a big smack around the chops. So. And the hardest thing to do in those times, especially when it first hits, is find the good. And when we talk about gratitude, that's what we talk about. I'm a big proponent of being grateful and um, you know, as a routine when things are going well in life, you know, waking up first thing in the morning and having to think of three things or five things or whatever it is that you're grateful for and writing them down is an amazing thing and puts you in an amazing mood. It's funny though when, when adversity does hit, what sticks with you and what doesn't. I know for me personally, as soon as all this stuff happened, man... A lot of that stuff went out the window and it's, it's only until recently that we started to get back into it and that's a discipline thing or a habit thing or it's just not quite automatic yet. I think a lot of people understand what gratitude is but only happy only do it when... What do you mean by that? Just give me some details, man. In what essence? Like you said, you know, only lately, I mean, I've gone away. What do you mean? I, I'm oh, so when, when prior to all this happening, uh, let's look at it from a real estate point of view, market was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Things were flying and, and it's easy to be grateful when stuff like that's going good. Very easy. Very, very easy to say, oh, I'm grateful for the five sales we made last week and, and, and yeah, my kids are buggers, but, yeah, I'm grateful in there. When the tap first got cut off, we've mentioned many, many times that Sunday where the Premier said, oh, we're shutting you all down in 48 hours. And regardless of whether they did that or not, there was eight hours there of thinking the world was coming to an end. You soon, I, I soon forgot to be grateful. You, know, you started looking at, oh, shit, and a couple of days and then a couple of weeks of thinking, oh, shit, gratitude went out the window. Yeah. And it's not a good way to start the day. It's <laughs> not a good day, to, not a good thing to wake up each morning going, oh, shit. Yeah. And you soon forget what you do have. Thank God I've got some of the people around me that I do. I say some of the people because others you can do without. <laughs> no, but thank God I've got some of the people around me that I do because... We talk a lot on here about what people should be doing or what we're doing and, and we've got to be careful sometimes that we don't come off as bulletproof. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and knowing us all in here on a personal level is one thing we all aren't, which is bulletproof. And I struggled for the last six weeks and we had a great conversation after the last podcast where a lot of tears were shed and yep. no one's immune to it. But the biggest thing I, I had forgotten or put to the side was some of the routines that get you to where you are in the first place. And one of those for me has been gratitude. One of those things for me, like I've talked before about being a believer in the law of attraction, but I've spent six weeks just attracting rubbish because of the shit talk that yeah. has been going on in my head, yeah? yeah. So 
And one of the biggest keys, I mean, there's the book, The Law of Attraction, and then there's another book, The Keys to Living the Law of Attraction, and one of the exercises they get you to do is get up every morning and write five things that you're grateful for. Yeah, and a lot of the books, a lot of the self-help books say that, right? And it's that vibration you put out. What you think about yeah. is what you attract and so forth. So, and so we've got to put our hands up and say, look, it's okay it's okay to fuck up and Absolutely. we're definitely not bulletproof and we're definitely feeling it like other people but then there's going to be the group of people that feel it and let it take them down the dark hole and then there's going to be the people who feel it and don't let it affect them at all because their discipline and their habits are and their routines are such that their automatic response is bang we're good and it, like I was bang I'm good for a couple of weeks but after a couple of weeks it just sort of wore on me and I was you guys saw me two weeks ago yeah you know, I was a mess yeah What's the simplest thing someone can do when they're feeling like that? Well, think about what you got. Yep. What are you grateful for? Because you've got to start with small steps. You can't just snap. You can't click a – I shouldn't use the can't word. I hate the can't word. You probably can click a finger and snap out of it. It's not easy. So. Yeah, no, it's not. And there are there are exercises to change it very quickly, and we've heard a dozen of them. I think one of the things you touched on, Cam, was, you know, sometimes it does take talking to a mate to say, listen, you know, okay, that's going to shit and it's going to get better. Well, what is good? What is good now? Just stop and just, like you said before, what can you be grateful for? Let's see what we have. The rest of it we can fix. And sometimes it does take talking to a mate. And we had that chat where I didn't pick up the phone when I should have. And, you know, saying to people, and you are right, none of us are bulletproof, mate. So let's have a look a little bit more closely about gratitude because it's not just about looking for the good in things, right? The gratitude thing, I think it's a habit. It's not just a morning routine. I think it's, it has to be a habit and it can be done at any point in time in the day. The best time is probably in the morning because that's the start of the day and the start of the day is the most important. But gratitude is really coming from a position where you feel thankful for what you have. And I think that that's the beginning that we need to understand. There's a lot of people who would say things like, yeah, I'm grateful for my wife, I'm grateful for the four children I have. And they just go through the motion of saying the words. Yeah. And when it comes to this value or this virtue of gratitude, which Cicero, who lived in the times of uh, Caesar, he was an amazing orator. I had to study him when I was studying Latin. He was actually a senator, and he was amazing in the art of writing. He could actually write an essay about someone that everyone would hate, and by the time it finished, you'd upload the guy, you know? And he himself said that gratitude for him is the parent of all other virtues. And he says that it's probably, to him, the most important one. So to be in that state, whether it's the morning or not the morning, but to be thankful for what we have. Many studies have now gone on from there and said that state of being thankful actually reduces the onset of depression, of anxiety, why? Because you're no longer thinking of yourself. You're thinking about somebody else, right? And so we have to get into a habit, whether it is morning routine for you. I now try to make sure that it's almost every day. You know, I was watching the movie Philadelphia the other day where Tom Hanks has got eight and he was a top lawyer. When he was on his deathbed, you could see people really crying. And I thought to myself, that's what most of us do. We live a life running after a lot of things, not being thankful for what we already have, always wanting more of what we don't have rather than wanting what we already have. And when that person is about to go, 
We want to spend one more hour around them. We want to do more things just one more time around them. And I think in, in one of them, his brother was saying goodbye to him in the hospital. And he burst into tears because all he wanted was one more day. I think we should not forget that there's one thing that's going to happen. We're all going to die, right? What is it that they say? Death is more common than life. Everybody dies, not everybody lives. And so really, can we have that mindset that is not just for one minute, five minutes because we're doing an exercise, but for all the times that we awake, where we're in that spirit of gratitude, of being thankful. It's got to be a constant state. I talk about the morning stuff because you've got to start somewhere and, and sometimes when you lose it, going back to the start and doing the basics yeah. to get you back into that no, state can't be a bad thing. Like yeah. I, in the past, have done a lot of work on it and I've, I consider myself the majority of the time in a state of gratitude. You know, I end most phone calls with I appreciate you to whoever I'm talking with because time is important. If people are giving us their time, we need to appreciate it. When the wheels fall off and if you find yourself not there and not in a state of gratitude, you have to start somewhere and that's where rolling out of bed and saying, right, I'm grateful for this, this and this, can feed into the rest of your day. But I don't think it needs to be a thing that you have to do every day for the rest of your life because it should just feed into a state where you're always grateful for yeah, everything that's yeah, around point, you. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it can be pretty daunting when you say to people, wake up every morning and write down three things you're grateful for or five things you're grateful for. That's not the rest of your life. No. That's, that's the momentum of that well, What you movie. find is that's your brain's in that. We talk about being solutions focused and stuff. When you're in the mood to solve a problem, you will solve a million problems because your brain is open to all that information. Yeah. When you click your brain into a gear that is gratitude, that doesn't switch off the moment you get into your car and drive to work. It may the first couple of times, but eventually that feeds into your whole being. And you know, we talk in a work sense, sometimes we get frustrated with staff in a parent sense we get frustrated with our kids and it's the thing that fixes it a lot of the time is is that gratitude i think also when we, we neglect to look at what anthony robbins says and i think scott matthews does it very well even a bad thing what's good in it and find the lesson in that and then be grateful for a lesson that's in within something bad because that's you know we grow under it when we're under adversity right my beautiful wife has a habit when she drives over a bridge we live on an area where there's quite a few bridges she has a saying that she says to herself every time she drives over a bridge, which is, um, you know, thank you, God, for all the wealth, health, and happiness I have in my life. Every time she goes over a bridge. And she's the most positive bloody person, except when I give her the shits, which is most of the time, in, 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 that I know. Do you want us to remove this? No, that's oh, fine. No. Just, it's <laughs> free to go to air? Or? Everything I say to her, I say here, I say to But that's a habit that she has. And she constantly does that when we're driving over bridges and stuff. I think you're right, it's that habit, and then it, it will become just part. There is a difference, though, and I'm glad TL picked up on it because I'd actually written here next to gratitude, find the good. It isn't only finding the good. Finding the good is part of being a positive person in general. That Finding the good and being grateful are two completely different things. You can be grateful for the bad shit as well. Yeah. We can be grateful for this virus because of all the positive that's going to come out of it. The amount of good that's coming out of this, yep. apart from my back spasms, <laughs> I was feeling grateful though when while you were having your yeah that's good I was grateful for the opportunity <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny thing about where I was at right I know and I knew deep down in my bones and in the, the dark recesses of my mind everything's going to be okay I'd never really worried about the real estate market because look my, I've had a business that's been open since halfway through 2017 the majority I've had a market crash 
in the beginning of 2018, the market crashed and that lasted till halfway through last year. And then we've had eight months of good times and then we've run into a virus. So if you look at the, the lifespan of my business, there's almost been more downtime than up. I know we're going to come out of that. I know all yeah. we need to do to fix the problem is list and sell houses. I know that really the world isn't coming to an end, but something couldn't snap the fog that was was over my head. And I know all that shit's going to be okay, but there's a difference between finding the good and being grateful for it at the same time. And that's yeah, I separate those two things. Yeah. Right? I think that finding the good in things, it, to me, is a technique. Even a thief can find a good in something. A thief can actually rob you and say, oh, man, the good thing now is I know how to open that door, you know? Mm. That is a logical justification for things that happen to you. Yeah. I think that when I talk about gratitude, for me, it is that kind of mindset that you have. It's the cloud that is behind your thoughts and actions during the day. And so sometimes we mix the two, but I, I don't believe we should really mix the two. Mm. Uh, I think you could sit here having the weight of the world on your shoulder, the team that is relying on you, and then still feeling grateful for having such a team member mm. or feeling grateful that, you know, well, I'm going to go home to a family that's going to really want to be around me and talk to me about my day. That doesn't mean that you're changing the problems. So it's not about looking at a problem and saying, no, 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 there's a silver lining. It's not that. I think it's more that kind of mindset that, you know, I have a great life. I am alive. Yes, I, I was talking to Cam a few days ago and he was in a foul mood. I could hear from when he was picking up the phone. It was not a good Cam. And we were having a chat. Find the good, and mate. then And then I, <laughs> I was trying really to help him. And then suddenly <laughs> something hit me to just like try and wake him up. And I said, mate, so far you've been very bad at being, uh, <laughs> right, at being positive. And then he, he, he laughed at me and he said, oh, mate, uh, talking about someone picking you up. I said, all right, all right, all right let, let, me, let me change the line. Let His me exact change. words were, so far you've done everything wrong, and I cut him <laughs> off there because this was meant to be a help my self-esteem <laughs> session. So I said to him, I said to him, all right, uh, let me change a line. And so I changed a line. I said, so far you've been very good, right, at being negative. <laughs> so, which at least showed him he was he, he was successful at something, right? <laughs> but but is that is that what you want? And and when he said no, okay, so then we had a look, and when we had a look and we start talking, he had so many needs. He said, "I I know I need to read a book uh, in the morning. I know I need to do this. I know I need to do that." And I said to him, "You need nothing, because of needs upon needs upon another layer of needs." What happens to yourself is you put so many conditions around you that makes it impossible for you to feel good. Wow. Yeah. Because only one of them has to fail. Like, oh, I forgot to read the book today. You feel like shit. So I said to him, just get one or two. If you just did one thing, and you know, guys, you know, in the morning, I would always make sure that I touch my wife's shoulder. If I can touch my wife's shoulder, I know I'm alive. And she's still warm, so she's alive. <laughs> And, and then I say to myself, the rest of the day is a bonus. Yeah. So I said to Cam, don't need anything anymore. Just make sure you make it so simple that when you wake up, you tell yourself your life. So the next day when I call him, I call him <laughs> first thing in the morning. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, you are awake, therefore you are alive. Yeah, that's all I wanted him. Yeah, because that's all I wanted him to feel and think and smile about. 
rather than let his mind wander. The mind is a weird thing. You either control it or it will control you. Okay? That's true. The mind is not an animal that you learn to control. One of you two will control each other that day. Did you notice how every single day is like a, a new start to your life? And I said to him, Do you know... <laughs> Stop spitting food everywhere, you bastard. That's my desk. Mr. Ready Mr. <laughs> Mr. No, Mr. Positive over here. You know each night we die? <laughs> I can't remember whether that was before or after he told me I was doing everything wrong. But it was a, a very funny conversation, mate. That's a good way. Look. I said, if, uh, which is the truth. Every night people don't realise we're dying. I said, except when we're dreaming. But even when we're dreaming, how do we know? <laughs> so I said, how how great is it in the morning that you're up? Mate, the rest is a bonus. Yeah. And I think not only he changed his mindset straight away, but since then, that, that it's a very simple stuff. You tell me, you've got three beautiful kids and a wife that is just gold. Mm. Okay. Yep. I know you keep on pu- putting her cooking down, but she is just. <laughs> Mate, good. I don't. The smoke alarm does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to say anything when there's. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I don't have to say. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so that he doesn't get in trouble, he actually enlisted. He enlisted Isaac. So he asked Isaac to tell us a joke. What did he say, Isaac? Which Whenever joke? we hear the fire alarm go. No, that's not even a joke, mate. If the, fire, the smoke alarm goes off in my house, Indian eyes that commit opposite ends of the house and all you'll hear is, Mum's cooking! <laughs> that's, not, that's not me. I feel like you're putting all this on me, mate. The smoke alarm doesn't we'll, lie. We'll find out if Crystal start listening to the podcast again. <laughs> no, mate, I've, it's nothing I haven't said. One thing on here, mate, anything I've ever said on here has been said to whoever's face it needs to be said. <laughs> yeah. Either the woman's got no empathy or... Apathy, she can't feel. <laughs> How are you or, so fat then if she's a shit cook? Mate, that's her next question. <laughs> she goes, well, I should stop cooking like you've stopped drinking, in air quotes. So she gives it to me. Don't worry. It's, it's all even. You guys just don't get to hear the other side. We don't want to hear the other side. We like to keep a nice image of Crystal. And that's a good example of finding the good versus being grateful, Thomas, because yeah. I know I've got an awesome wife and I know my kids are fucking champions and that's good. But there's a difference between knowing that that's good and actually being thankful for it and having gratitude towards it. Which is what I said earlier, that being grateful or gratitude is about being thankful for what you have rather than wanting more. Grateful for that cheese, man. What is it? What was that line again? It said something like, stop having more of what you want and start wanting more of what you have. Have. Seriously, man, how many of us, if we really cut down, have a look at COVID now. Many men, <laughs> me first, have stopped buying new gadgets, new little toys and new this, so that we can be happy for five minutes. We now finding happiness in gardening. <laughs> it's, it's an All I wanted thing. was a chainsaw, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> you should have just bought it. You got me onto a fish tank now. Oh, I've really? I've been looking at fish tanks all night, so... Uh, we got a problem there. No, I think the gratitude for a lot of people, and for me included, it is the starting point of a successful life. The problem that we have is that we don't look at it that way. We think that that is something for weak people to be thankful. Now, I also want to make this distinction. Being grateful, that doesn't mean that you have to feel that you are indebted to someone. Mm. That is not gratitude. 
feeling that you owe someone something for the rest of your life and you keep on coming back and uh, on the table it's not being grateful that's not gratitude all right because feeling indebted comes from a negative source where there's a guilt if you don't feel that way therefore it can't be a virtue yeah. and then usually that's been used as someone to take you hostage in your actions mm. so i don't think that in feeling indebted to someone has to do with being great and would you also yes we've got to be grateful for what we have and we've got to obviously search for more of that but that doesn't mean you can't be wanting more in life in general would you agree like if everyone was to stop today because i think we're going to talk about success in a little bit yeah we have to strive to achieve and by striving to achieve obviously you are chasing something that you want but yeah, if you're grateful you can what be grateful for I think the wine No no, well, <laughs> I, no we're I, saying stop and be grateful for everything you have and just well, want more of what you have but if we all were from if we all just forward from growing it can't stop you from growing striving to achieve is not not being grateful for what you have is what I'm trying to say we I can't I think it's intri- I think it's an intrinsic human requirement to want to grow and to improve mm but wanting more what is it wanting more of growing like chris just said which is wanting more mastery of who i am i want to build a successful or, business right or wanting more in terms of wanting to have more possessions or wanting more by wanting more of life itself which one is it i'm just talking about the general striving to achieve something in life you can be happy with what you've got but still strive to get to another level yes? absolutely yes well that's that, it's one of those three wanting more that i talked about right okay either wanting more to master who you are mm. wanting more material possession money success don't we set like a lot of our fame goals? or wanting more of life don't we set a lot of goals with our staff that are based on material things cars houses no we say that because we are in a work environment we are there to help them with those goals that are tangible goals professionally but let me tell you one thing your staff is not sharing with you all your all day goals no they probably have private goals and personal goals so they probably have goals with life with their spouse they might want more children they might want to achieve certain things with their spouse they have also personal goals that they want to grow and become a better person that they want to become more disciplined that they want to really fetch the best in them i keep on saying to people you know like since my brother's leukemia i always have that same thing that i know every one of us has got a gift and everyone's has to work hard finding that gift some of us are very lucky the shumaka the sena the people like tiger woods michael jordan all these kind of people are they are born almost into the gift right i said almost because some of them like michael had to work bloody hard like sena had to go home and help his dad and then afterwards get went back and they just there but some of us at the age of 40 50 we still looking for that song and the key is to do two things first find the song number two sing the song that we found mm-hmm. is that that wanting more or what about wanting more of life mm. and so yes i could be wanting to become more of myself be more true to who i am i also would want to have more material even though i keep on saying and maybe i'm not so good for that side of business i believe that you know with all the money in the world at breakfast you can only eat so much and so what happened is this the desire to want more or material possessions i believe will start impacting on your gratitude and therefore ultimately some of your virtues on the way to getting it if you have too many barriers what do i mean by that i am grateful for what i have but i want i want that business to go so well 
Suddenly, I get a barrier. Something hits me and makes it harder for me to get it. Now, I might look at screwing someone in order to get that. I might have to reduce what they have in order to get that. I think that's wrong. Because for me, reaching success while we have to harm someone else, that is not genuine success. That's for me. Now, you may say that you know, I'm more like the Dalai Lama style of success. I am. Okay? I have studied Steve Jobs whom I don't believe is a great leader. He might be a great innovator, a genius and inventor, but not a great leader. He himself said at the end of his life that he can make all the money in his life and be rich. None of that's going to follow him into his tomb. Right? Or instead, I'm paraphrasing him. And he himself has regretted that maybe he should have cherished people a little bit more while he was alive. Crushing the finish line first without your friends is a pretty lonely thing to do. Yeah. So, so if, that, I don't know whether it answers your question, well, but everyone's just, got different philosophy. No, it's, I don't even know if it's a question of philosophy because it's still a funny thing. Like, I would like, I would like one day to buy a Dodge truck. Yeah. Okay. I am grateful for my Toyota two-wheel drive Hilux yep. with dings in the door, and I'm thankful that it hasn't broken down in five years. But I still want to buy a Dodge truck. Now, I am not going to do anything wrong to get that truck, and if I never get the truck then so be it, but I'm still going to aim for that truck. So I think if you're saying that if people people can be happy with their family and their kids, but if they really want something else, they may harm other people to get there, then they're not really grateful for what they got because you've got to be okay with, it's okay to want the car, but you've got to be okay with not getting the car if it doesn't work out. No, what I'm trying to say is that when more become the main focus, right, and more and impatience that are not virtues, they are vices now, what if you right. focus so much on gratitude that it takes away from your want to strive to achieve? So you have the goal up on your vision board. We all have our goals, but I'm so busy being grateful and that I'm so busy being happy for what I've got that I don't try and get that. I don't think grateful's a busy thing, though, Cam. I think grateful's just no, a focus. feeling. He's talking about focus. He's saying it more I, I, becomes a focus instead of gratitude. I think you can focus gratitude. on your Dodge truck and be grateful on the journey to get there. I, I think that can yeah, be Yeah, I, I, I think the two can coexist. I just for want to for make yourself, that. I think they very well can coexist because I know you, you would put everyone else's requirements before your own. Yeah. And that truck will only come to you after everyone's crossed that finish line together. And I know you, and I speak the truth, mate, that you would not do harm to anyone. You'd go without that truck before you would harm anyone. Yeah, so I'm just trying to define the, the difference because we've got to be... I think the method in which you get there is where we're talking about. If we're so happy with what we've already got, no need to try and get anywhere else. We never said gratitude is about being happy. <laughs> this is yeah, why okay. that line that you said earlier about why do you want to be in Barara and what interested you in this area is very different things. So I didn't say we're happy. Gratitude is not about being content. Okay, that's a definite. That's a distinction. Gratitude is about being thankful. Okay, that's okay. a distinction. Yep. So you can have the most ambitious person still highly grateful. Yep. Right. I think that in many ways, gratitude, like Cicero is talking about, being the parent of all other virtues, is that gratitude puts you into that mindset where if I was to deal with you now and you were on an obstacle to me getting to my goal that I would find a way to get to my goal without having to harm you. Because when you are grateful, there is something else that starts getting activated to me. And that is humility. Is that you know that you are who you are, that as a package you are finite, that you uh, have qualities, but also weaknesses. 
But that the person who is there is also a person who may be a father to three children. And therefore, when you're dealing with that person, you don't have to harm that person. And you can still get to your mm. success. Yeah. To me, when success becomes the end point, which now justifies the means, and so therefore gratitude or humility disappears, I don't espouse to that level of uh, success. I think success is a is going to be a different journey for, and a different picture for every single individual. A successful teacher can be someone simply doing a great job teaching her class and then a successful businessman might be doing that, pushing others aside to get where they want. So I think success is uh, something else. But you touched on something before a second there is humility. Yeah. And that's probably a trait that a lot of people don't have. And a lot of people can probably stop and sort of just take a minute to think about others rather than themselves sometimes. One thing that, again, let's get grateful for this virus, a lot of people have had to eat a lot of humble pie. A lot of people who might have thought they were flying have quickly realised that they're probably not the hot shit that they thought they were prior to. Humility is understanding that as far as the universe goes, you are less than this breadcrumb. Yeah, there is right. so yeah. much, you know, you've got however many billions of cells in your body and the bit in your head that says your good shit is only one of those things... A lot of people have a huge opinion of themselves or their importance to the world. But, mate, when it all comes to an end, it comes to an end for everybody. So how do you get into a state of humility, though? We we talked about getting into a state of gratitude. Getting into a state of humility is another kettle of fish as well. I heard a great saying, humility is not about thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. It's got all these one-liners like today. That, eh? I like it. I like it. I like, I like it. Oh, well. That's good. Book full of them. And I think that's very true, is being able to stop and put others first. And I think that comes hand in hand with gratitude. But did you? Know, yeah, that's right. Because in both of them, you're thinking about the other person, Absolutely. isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Discipline, something about me. Courage, about me. Commitment, about me. Care, it's about others. Humility is about others. Yeah. yeah? Uh, gratitude is about others. It's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. This is the one thing that I'm also starting to see as a bonus out of this COVID-19, is that for the first time in, in our life, we really acting thinking about others, where before we were thinking just about others. Yeah, how can I help? It's a simple question, but that triggers that neuron in That's you. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, and we've all done that voluntarily. We're, you know, we won't get into the other side of it where the government's now throwing it in our faces, but we all said when this happened, how can we help? We yeah. can help by staying at home more. We can help by keeping grandparents away from grandkids. It's one of the things I've always done in my training with my staff is a lot of the time... They put so much pressure on themselves to get a listing, but that's a a them thing. That's an I thing. I have to get this listing. So the way I try and coach them out of it is sit in the car for a couple of minutes before you go and just ask, how can I help? How can I help? Because then you walk straight into a listing appointment and go, hi, I'm Cam. How can I help? You're not there to get the listing. You're there to help a person. You're being humble enough to understand that you can serve people. And Humility is about the ability to treat everyone as equals as such or understand that you are no better than any other human being in a very general sense. I mean, there are some shitbags in the world who I'll put my hand up and say, I think I'm better than you. But as a general, humility is knowing that we're all on the same planet. We're all in this together. And how can we help? Getting rid of what's in it for me, that's not a humble thing. What's in it for me is, well, they're getting something, so I have to get something. Not being able to be happy with anyone else's success, not I think the easiest thing is not being in a, at a level of servitude. We're all here to serve on, on some point. One thing I know about, I believe in about humility, is the people who really think that they need to grow, those people who go, I've got to be better, are often the people who are really good, but don't brag it and know there's always room for improvement. 
it's funny you say that the more that they grow the, the more, more they the, yeah yep. it's an amazing thing humility has got a condition and the first requirement is that self acceptance you can't be humble unless you accept yourself when you say accept yourself though Tom that's a big phrase because we know I know that I'm I'm often not happy with myself yep. and I know I can do things better yeah but by the same token I'm there going don't be so hard on yourself because you, you know you've done it before you can do it again that's the old saying that's maybe not humility that's maybe a constraint some kind of sense of guilt that through maybe your parents yeah. you have received that feeling of having to be better yeah isn't it therefore that sense of guilt you know it's a little bit like that moment when you sit down after that success and there's a little voice that creeps into your head that says what are you doing where is that next success get back up you should yeah, be sitting down that's right <laughs> and so that, and that's not humility i think the humility is to be able to say I know what I'm good at now and I know what I'm really bad at and I will accept that. Just as much as now when I look at someone else, that person may be good at some things that I'm not. Just as much as there are things that I can bring to the table or that I'm better than them. That's normal. That's what makes a person unique. And so humility urges you to maybe explore then the other person because you are now looking at them as a flower and you see something in them that they don't sometimes see themselves but that to me starts from you it has to have a point of reference i don't believe you can have full humility unless you accept yourself first now there's <coughs> some people say no oh, i can be humble like without knowing myself or accepting myself no that's probably then false humility and sometimes some people do false humility because they have low self esteem that's not humility that's an ego pride of protection or sometimes it is also uh, humility to gain some acceptance or love from somebody else so you doing that thing in order to get something else that is not humility yeah. come on mate let's get into the right, way. what are you doing mate you're next oh, pointing at him he's doing fucking nothing right, just the shiraz bro the shiraz all right 2017 shiraz let's, let's have a look at it if we didn't mention it before in this another Humira and it is also No no uh, that's a H that's the H Shiraz but it's from Humira right Yeah but they call oh, it they H, call it yeah. H. Yeah. okay it's the H from Humira it is again the Barossa Valley So the this one here has actually got uh, quite a, quite a few points and they're doing specials for the moment So Humira estate's trying to get people to know their wine here 2017 uh, by the way guys 100% Shiraz Wow it's very rare you have that they always have some kind of blend that's 100% percent mm. oh, <laughs> i'm serious you can go online buy this you can buy this as a member for 15 dollar 40 wow are you serious wow i've been getting people now sending me stuff saying you know oh i actually go out there and get the same bottles you guys have before i even listen to your podcast <laughs> so i can taste the same wine that's so cool, isn't it? That's awesome. I bet you, you they didn't get the non-alcoholic one. <laughs> yeah, no, shit, that was the worst thing you ever done. Man. That stuffed my palate for days. <laughs> didn't even taste it. You <laughs> <laughs> did the fake swig. It's an wow. interesting concept you got there about having to accept yourself before you'll ever truly be humble. I'm probably the king of it. I'm so good at fucking faking humility, and the way I know that is because when something bad in air quotes goes wrong, straight back to the ego, mate. Straight back. And that's the way I fight out of things. The way I fight out of things is go straight into ego pride and just attack. 
I don't have the balance between fight or flight. I'm either full on fight or full on flight. Do you think that's do you think that's lessening? It's lessening, and I'm more aware. But it's still what TL's saying is you can never truly be humble until you fully accept yourself. And the way you know you don't fully accept yourself is you only again we we talked about only being grateful when it suits you. Or we've spoken in the past about how easy it is to do the right things in the good times and what happens in the bad times. Well, if my fallback position is one of ego. And I'm not humble. Then this is the worst thing: is that without true humility, you can't really have genuine gratitude. How can I feel genuine gratitude if I don't even begin to understand my level of humility? Gratitude will always be a word. You know, I say this: a lot of people have got passion, like being race cars. People look at my love of Ayrton Senna and Formula One, and they keep on saying, "Oh, you love Formula One." They don't get it. I don't love Formula One, but I do love Senna because I think that Ayrton Senna. Is a person who embodied a lot of these things that I would like to live. That when I'm at work, I'm heavy. I'm going for one thing. That when I'm working with my franchises, there's only one thing I'm, I'm after: profit for themselves. Because if they have profit for themselves, I know they're happy. And I truly believe that that is the one thing I have to return to them for their trust in me. Yeah, my passion is people. That's why it's Senna. And so, in the passion for people, I look for these little things, and you, you can see it. The person who is truly humble, you can feel their sense of gratitude. They don't even have to say it, man. You sit with them, and the way that they talk, you can feel yourself being thanked as they speak. And the people who do false gratitude, you can feel it too. It's called transactional gratitude.、Mm. I'm thankful for you this, if or as long as you do this. That's not gratitude. That is transactional living.、Mm. I do this for you. You do this for me.、Yeah. Right? In a couple, we see these things happening quite often. You know, the wife will give you sexual favor if you give her money. I mean, that's the old days. Maybe today is changed too. Maybe it's the opposite. But those are the things that they see. That's not gratitude. That's transactional living. It's also where I'm going wrong. <laughs> I know that when you buy the fire,、no、your money, wife no is.、Huh? I need to get out those hundred dollar bills. <laughs> Make it rain. <laughs> One of the things I learned a long time ago. I still remember. I was winning a competition, and my leader said to me, "Thomas, always remember that it took a village to get you to where you are." And when he explained that to me, it really made sense. The person who might not even spring to mind today may have been crucial, pivotal, instrumental to who you have become today.、Yeah. I still remember I was in real estate and I did something wrong. I was selling a house and I was supposed to have visited a place to see certain things, and then these sellers call me about some vandalism happening to their property, and they call me, and, and in my hurriedness, for some reason, I, I sort of said I, I did go, and when I didn't, drive past their place. And so they just had a huge go at me for me being a liar, and I was reminded, no, you don't do this. And these are some of the things that really got me to stop and really think about, right? How do you want to live? Live a life of genuineness or a life of fakes? Fake gratitude, fake humility, fake a lot of things. I was listening to an interview between Justin Langer and somebody else lately. Where he said, you know, if you're a leader and you say you're going to do certain things and you don't do it, then you're doing fake leadership. I'm paraphrasing him. And I said it to some friends, and I thought, you know, that's right. A lot of us say a lot of things we do, 
A lot of us say, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you for having a wife. Thank you for the children you, uh, that I got in my life. Thank you for the great job I have. Thank you for the businesses I have. And then after they said all that, thank you, they just get on with shafting the next person, mm. taking advantage of the next person. And I think everything gets undone when you don't have genuine gratitude or humility. Everything will get undone. Agree. <laughs> There's not much more to do. Unfortunately, boys, here's my thing, and maybe you disagree with me on here. I believe that social media is undoing humility. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it is probably a, the biggest enemy. And it's creating a false, a false perception to what real life's about for a lot of young people. A lot of young people. They're looking at these YouTube stars with these false lives, and they're seeing highlights, and they're missing what's on the cutting room floor. They're seeing the hard times, and they think everyone's life is going to be like that. I think a lot of these people, uh, social media, YouTube, whatever whatever it is, is yeah, creating an absolute vacuum of humility. You think it's killing humility or was humility ever there? Social media came and people straight away started jumping on and taking pictures of themselves with yeah, fake but, this but, and but, fake but, that. But that was a, already there. That was but already no, but there. Let's, but let's have a look. So what is social media then doing? It's giving a voice to everybody. They must like the sound of their voice. Yeah. But that that happened, they already liked the sound of their voice and then a vehicle got provided for them to... It's like giving someone a microphone, yeah? Your thoughts didn't change because you go, whoa, careful. They're fertilising the wrong garden, is the easiest thing to say. Yes, yes. In doing that, they're creating... They they make it grow. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... No, no, it is true, they make it grow, you know? And uh, they're fertilising the garden full of weeds rather than the ones full of uh, flowers. And uh, that's the one social media is going to allow them to create that, you know, false persona. For example, false humility can be seen a very simple thing, you know. A child sees you doing podcasts, wants to use it against you and say, well, you know, it's not your podcast, It's I don't see your name on it, it's not your name. And then suddenly your sense of fake humility, now pride gets kicked in. And you go, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I should even do that myself. And you start breaking some of your rules and some of the things and you start saying, oh, well, you know, my mother bought it for, it's for the kids to do shit. And, and you start lying to your own mates and you come up and concoct some kind of stories and thinking that your mate is a fucking idiot. And then after a little while, because you get yourself entrenched into more and more, the aspect of social media is starting to sensitize even more of that need to be it. So now... It's not just social media. Suddenly now a son says to you, so when are you going to do yours? You latch onto that because the part of your ego has now been so raw and so sensitized, sensitive to this that it has to react to that action. But then when you really sit down from an outsider and you watch and you go, I see. A young child has managed to move an ego of an adult. For what purpose? Because a young child, I truly believe that, you know, it's very rare to have young children thinking way, way more than the age. Like when I was 13, I probably couldn't think like a guy who was 43. I mean, that's the general kind of rule. So what is he thinking? Is he thinking it so that it leads it to the destruction of the relationship he already has? Does he think that so that he can now rely on that to have more of a sense of, have a look at me, have a look at me. My father is the one doing the podcast. And so try to gain some sense of notoriety in his own school thanks to that. I mean, there's so many of these things. And so you have to be able to sit down and think about this thing. And I truly believe that when you study people, 
the beauty of being able to just follow the logic without them even saying it. It's a magnificent thing. And I always say this, without humility, no genuine gratitude, there is no long-term success based on grounded foundation. This is why there are people who are famous singers, famous actors, who actually kill themselves with drugs. Because once they got to that level, they go, is that it? What now? Is that what it feels like? I still feel as shitty as I was before I got famous. I still feel as lonely as I got before, like somebody else said, oh yeah, well, that was a great podcast. I made it, you know? And what else is there? And so now you have to get involved into something that is the magical product. And then you end up destroying yourself. Can you achieve that success? Can you get to that level of success having that gratitude and humility along the way? And when you reach that, then you feel a little bit lost because you've achieved maybe that next goal, whether it be the Ram truck. So if you go on your journey and you've got real gratitude and humility and you're taking everyone for the ride and you reach that goal, let's say you've achieved that goal. If you don't have that next goal set, would you feel a little bit lost? Would you feel a little bit? No. Here is the thing that I believe in success. There is successful work, so you can be success at work, or you can be successful at making a good piece of timber. You can be successful gardener. But then, to me, those are only partial molecules of the meaning of success. And the real meaning of success for me is from Jim Rohn, that third book that you see on my library there, Leading an Inspired Life by Jim Rohn. And to me, that is the true success. There is no success unless it is successful living. Mm. Right? You can show me someone successful at work, but their kids don't even talk to them. Is that success? Because I can show you a text from uh, apparently it has not been recognized by Steve Jobs' family as being the last letter he wrote before he passed on, where he wrote a few things about success. Right? And if I went very quickly into that letter, he said, he said this, at this moment, lying on the sick bed and recalling my whole life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of impending death. I love the last line of his letter. The last line he wrote, treasure love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends, treat yourself well cherish others that's the guy that has got everything mate right at his feet and he say his last line treat yourself well cherish others he didn't say cherish others treat yourself well his last two was cherish others i find myself very fortunate that my passion is people and this is why people say to me how can you just keep on going to work and getting copying some of the shit that you get all day long because for me they're not shit for me they clues that my passion, which is people, have left for me to work out. How great is that? That would be like, I don't know whether you, you know that guy, Jeff White. I follow him on, on Facebook. He takes amazing photos, Jeff White. And the photos that he makes, you almost think he has become part of the lens. And his lens is just waiting. His lens trying to read the subject that he's getting. And he's taking a lot of pictures of birds. And sometimes I, I see in some of his pictures, yeah, okay, I enjoy the colors and, and all the work he's done on the photo. But I enjoy more how he almost put himself 
in terms of mind into the mind of the bird and he's following the bird just to get that bird in that action that he wants before the snapshot getting into people's mind and reading that to that extent oh man there's no other is that is that getting into their mind or leading with the heart more it really starting to feel that true emotion of that time that you're in is that i would love to say that the the second bit is what i'm after but i have to say that i'm not at that level yet i don't have the empathy level of my wife so i am still at the logical thinking uh, level <laughs> veronique was like how are you cam and i'm doing everything wrong no i didn't say you're no, doing everything wrong that. you've been very <laughs> successful at finding all the right ways of not doing it no, mate. <laughs> If I get all the wrong shit out of the way early, I've Thomas still got... Edison, I found 99 ways not to build a car. I'm 38 in... Uh, when am I 38? I'm 38 in two and a half weeks, so if I can get all the shit out of the way prior to 40, then I've got at least 40 years of maybe doing it the right way. <laughs> we'll see how No, we but do, do you know Albert Schweitzer? He was a doctor, uh, but also a uh, theologian. He's some kind of poet, but also a philosopher. I love this line when he said this because I was doing some research that success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful. If you love what you're doing, you'll be successful. But if you're looking at, oh, I have to have that much money and that much because I've got two businesses, you're not going to be successful. Why are you laughing when I said that? I don't know what so you're if I said three, then no. That's no, not me, yeah. No. That's, <laughs> no. What about two businesses so no, and a podcast? <laughs> the one thing, boys, now if like after two bottles we could talk like seriously. <laughs> I look at it this way. Four years ago, you were nobody. Yes. No, no. I know. Now you're a nobody, but not with a capital I was the N. best ex-personal no. trainer you've ever seen. Four years ago, Chris was a sales manager. Mm. Four years down the road, Chris is a sales manager. You now own two businesses and a house because you couldn't pay your rent even when you start four years ago. So four years down the road, Chris is still a sales manager. Mm -hmm. You own your house Mm -hmm. and two brand new businesses. I look at the two of you boys, you're my mate, but I see more growth in Chris. Mm -hmm. Not that he has been more content with what he has, but to me that he is extracting more juice of the last four years than you have. So let me ask you this question. Who's more successful? No, it's not me. Oh, but, <laughs> but you have two businesses and a house. I come down, that down to perception. I made a conscious effort to spend, to consciously have more time with family and friends and to entertain and enjoy life and, and drink good wine and eat good food. And open two businesses wasn't something they were striving for. So I have been, and improved myself, I have been successful in what I've been trying to attain. And I believe Cam has been in successful in what he has been trying to attain. And you know what? There's 10 years between us in age. Cam's 10 years older than me. So I think that Cam's success is on a, just a different path. It doesn't mean it's not as successful. Because we're travelling different highways doesn't mean we're not I'm looking at his face, man. I, I don't know whether your answer is really... Yeah, no, see, I had, I had this conversation with my wife the other day because we were... There's right. been a fuckload of conversations. That, before you answer that, I'll tell you this. I'll say this to you. We went away to Cairns on the... Was it Cairns? Port Douglas, yep. right? And, mate, you just... Like, we're just stepping up in the sales ranks. You yep. come in. And the cam I knew then was like, he said the wrong thing. I'm going to punch him in the head. Mm. And to the cam I know now is a totally different cam, right? Your growth, at. and I think that's that's a level of success. That growth and becoming who you've become, 
from then to now is, is a huge change, is a fantastic change. So you can't take that away from yourself because others see that as a different success level. Does it mean it's not success? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But do you remember what I said earlier? There's successful in possession, in work, but there's a successful life. Why is it? And I might be wrong, and, and you guys can comment about me too, but I'm looking at the two of you, and I feel more contentment energy from you than from Cam. Right? Why is it that I look at the two of you, or I, when I feel the energy, I feel that there is a much stronger base of positive stuff around you from which things can go. And, and you know, like, if I compare, I mean, you're into bonsai, right? Yeah. You will be like that turf ready for great bonsai growth where he's just a... A seedling. No, he's, he's just a pack of, of shit, a pack of manure. <laughs> Three where, acres of lantana. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring, the, don't bring the hatchet though, bro. Just bring the fucking chainsaw. I, I, I think he's got a lot more growth. Than yeah, that, no, though. it's not. This isn't a, no, no, no. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Hey, I told him not to bring his battery hedger. I fucking brought it. He still had to bring it. Right? No, you told me to no, bring it. When, when, when he stopped the car, when he stopped the car at my place, I said, don't bring it out, bro. Because I laugh. Because I said, in 20 minutes, that's going to go off and you have to recharge it. Mate, you'll see what we have to do. It's going to be long. Do you know what? He still sent his son <laughs> to get the hedger. Well, when all your machines broke, I had to rely on the... My machine never broke, man. Yeah, oh, Scott Matthews' machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Success is an interesting thing. I don't and never have... I want to be careful not to go into bring the tone down, but I don't look at... The house thing was a real proud moment. The house thing I'm stoked on, and I see that as... And I saw that at the time as a massive... Success because Absolutely. from where we where we'd come from in a short period of time to be able to do that that's not ego and that's not bragging. We're stamping the flag we, in we the ground. We mate. fucking did. No, we, we did well, mate. When I started in real estate, I couldn't get a ten dollars SIM card off Optus. They denied me because my credit was that bad, yeah. and it was less than eighteen months. Less than it was twelve months almost to the day that we signed papers on the house. So that was success. I don't sit here and look at two businesses and a house and all that stuff and count as, as success yet. The businesses are nowhere near where I want them to be. We're, we're in a situation at the moment where between two offices... Uh, come on, stop, stop. No, no I'm, I'm not, not going to listen to this shit. No, I'm going to ask you a very question. simple question. No, because you're about to go into the detail of business. Would you like to give them away? No, no, no. Oh, so the... here you go. All right, so stop. Would you like to give the two businesses away and we take the problems away with, with I them? I didn't say there was any problems. You're saying you think Chris is no. showing more no. life force. On I'm saying to you, I feel that maybe the two businesses are in a cumbersome upon you. Then therefore, let me take them away from you. Who said anything about them being cumbersome? I said I, fe I, said I feel. You threw out and, and more you, successful. Uh, and you about, no, you. you're about to get into the thing where you're going to explain, like, you know, they, they oh, pull well, me about the no, business. No, this is the thing that I say. When you started with no house and couldn't pay rent, the guy was a manager. Yes. Four years down the road, the guy is a manager. Yes. You have bought a house. Yes. Brand new cars for your wife, brand new car for yourself, which are apparently up only. It's only a, a Hilux uh, that gets dented around. You know, <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know how? Do you know how he works that uh, shit to make to make I you feel that, yeah. to make you feel sorry for this shit? And He's he doesn't right. understand. When you're passionate for people, you have to remember everything they said so that you can 
put the jigsaw back together <laughs> later on. Okay? And and now you talk to him about his business. He's about to tell you about the dents he's got in the business. He's not saying to you, mate, it's just crazy what he has achieved. But he's not capable of feeling that gratitude because there's no real humility. Now I've said it. I don't know why, how you it took me to do this, but uh, <laughs> you know, Cam, it makes sense what he says now because we. I, I said to you a minute. I, I see your. The point was, I wasn't arguing. You were going into the poor me shit that oh, I. I need to stop you from going there. A lot of others Fuck. probably see your growth way more beyond where you see your own growth. It doesn't oh, matter. If you were trying to get a rise out of me by saying you think Chris has been more successful because he's living better than I am, all I was doing was trying to fucking agree with. You. You are so fucking hard to agree with sometimes. <laughs> that is all I was trying to do. Because no, I so think you have, you false have, ego. No, no, you have, no, what I'm trying to say to you is this. You have achieved an amazing ride. And you're not seeing it, bro. And what I'm trying to say to you is this. Be thankful for that. And I don't think you're thankful for that. You're only seeing the problems of that. That's what I'm saying. You've done good, man. And remember... I, I was quoting earlier when I was talking to Dan Butcher, I was quoting uh, Albert Einstein who said, try not to become a man of success, rather become a man of values, right? If we were to talk in terms of your achievement, yes, you have achieved crazy stuff. Now, if you had to put all your focus on just Gariel, I'm sure it would have been a crazy thing. But you have got long-term view and you've seen the corridor between Carrie and Barrara, once you own it, it's going to be a monster. Now, there's been hailstorm and COVID between that. I understand that. Bushfires. Right? And bushfires, yeah. <laughs> Floods. Storm. <laughs> Locusts. But you, you have that. The second coming. But but the prop, the problem with, with the, the gratitude is you don't see it. And the, here's the problem with humility. You started to compare your business with somebody else. And that is the beginning. You had to start. You had to have a look at what you've achieved, mate. At your age, to have achieved that when you could not even pay your week's rent. Remember, mate, your, yeah, what, remember. your leaders had to bail you out. I remember. Man, what an achievement now sitting there. When you have a look at where you are and maybe even like where some of the people who first started really stayed around you, where they at. If you can't enjoy that, I'm sorry. You heard me talk about cool runnings in one of my podcasts I was talking okay. about, right? Where the coach was saying to these, this Jamaican um, driver of the bobsleigh, and he said, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. If you don't feel that success in your life for having procreated three amazing kids, having that, I still don't understand logically still <laughs> how you have... Got like an amazing wife. <laughs> and whatever you have achieved now, even though you've been bullied all your life and all this shit, what else you need to be happy, bro? And if you're not, you're going to derail everything you have because you're going to break what Albert Einstein, the, the man with the biggest brain and probably the biggest genius on our planet, said, try not to become a man of success, rather become a man of values. Oh, I don't feel like there's anything I can say at this point that's going to change anything. So. You can. This is a podcast <laughs> where I can always be right and you can always be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but it's, it's, it's an interesting... Look, look I, fuck. Nothing I was about to say before was in the guise of 
poor me anything. I know we have come a fucking long way. Good. But I also know there is a long way to go. So I am not going to stand on a fucking podium and go, look at me. I own two businesses and I've done this, that and the other because Is your fear to get comfortable to stop? No, it's just not – that's fucking – that's – Ego, mate. That's I'm not going to stand up there and say I'm the fucking champion of the world that. when I haven't even had a fight yet. Like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not to get comfortable, not to say to to rest and say and what we've done is enough. You want more? Yeah, it's, and okay. I don't know, mate. It's an issue. Like I have, I have an issue clearly taking a compliment. I don't like it when you're saying you've done X, Y, and Z because I see the other side of it and I go, I'm not fucking done yet. Like I'm, I haven't. Yes, we've achieved. Okay, but the the scale of it, oh, not even the scale. It's the wrong thing. I don't want to give a false impression. I don't want people who listen to us or see me owning two businesses thinking, oh, he's got it all and he's a bloke you can ring to and he's going to give you the perfect advice. And um, I don't want that because I know... But I think you can. You may not apply it, but you can. I can give you the perfect... (laughs) Apparently I can give the perfect advice on what not to do. (laughs) So, like, it's just a thing where I can't sit here and say... I own two fucking rip-roaring businesses because I can't. This, what you said, he's giving us a talk about humility. This is the thing that yeah, I talk I'll, about, false humility. So whether We it is, are talking about what you have. Yes. Correct? Yes, 100%. So am I telling the truth if I said, look at where you are at, you have a house and yes, two businesses? Yes, no, you're 100% on the truth. Okay. Yes. All right. So now you then go on and put more conditions on the business to define it. I did not need that. That's all I was doing before when... But this is the problem with false humility, is that we now put in conditions and more conditions and that needs to have that and that that business needs to do this. Mate, in Barara, your business is now starting to shake the only agent that is there. Yeah. What are you talking about? I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I just said we're not there yet. But it's okay we're not there yet. What do we want to focus on? The good things that happen to us in life or the we're not there yet for the rest of our life? Is it the journey or is it the destination? I don't know if it's a focus thing, guys. I don't know. I'm, I'm, is it the I journey or not is it the No, I, I mustn't be making myself clear. Or you don't want to get comfortable no, I don't. saying that you're happy with what you've got. Yeah, You're saying that if you're saying out loud that, yes, I've achieved it, that you have to stop achieving it? No, 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 no. I, to the point of false humility, I'm just too – I don't want to stand up and say I've fucking made it because – You're a long way from where you want to be. A long way from making it. Done fucking well. Okay. If it's a 1,000 kilometre no journey, problem. how many kilometres are you in? Oh, 50. Okay. Celebrate the 50 and keep going. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I don't argue with what you're saying. Then and stop talking about the 950. Please. I haven't fucking mentioned them. You did it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to have to show something. Podcast can't show. You can be the first person to use this bag. It's the disposable bullshit bag. Yeah. Usually only apply supplied in airplane, but in this office we do supply this too. Pretty sure I got a whole packet of those for last Father's Day, mate. It's still, I'm fucking serious, mate. I'm pretty sure Crystal just threw out a whole bag of them from my bedside table. Yeah. yeah. All right. I can't really no, say no, anymore. I, I hope I hope your wife doesn't listen to this shit because this is what I'm gonna say. What did she do bad in her past <laughs> life to have someone like you? Like <laughs> I, I'm saying quietly, so that's the, but but really. Hey Thomas, we could say that for our wives too. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> so, let's be honest, man. Let's be honest. No, but he's a bad case, isn't it? <laughs> the smoke alarm doesn't lie, boys. <laughs>
<laughs> smoke alarm doesn't I'm sure lie. he's put it on high sensitivity <laughs> with a saw. <laughs> now, if Crystal had any, uh, now she'd just have to get some sticky tape, put it over the sensor, and it'd never go off again. Your house would burn down, but uh, <laughs> the smoke alarm would never go off. Oh. Here's one for you, mate. Stop chasing the money and start chasing the passion. What's your passion? You're going to have to find the passion. I, money. What, oh, oh, <laughs> no. Money is not... I am joking. I'm money is joking, not the passion. Money is just a tool to get to your yes, passion. Yes, but there's... There, hey, I'll, I'll, can I pull out a quote on you? And it was written yeah, by yeah, you do that. Silverchair. Wrote a song when they were 14 years old. Oh, so they got a lot of wisdom in that. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you say that money isn't everything, but I'd like to see you live without it. That is where I come from. It's not a case of needing every dollar in the world. It's a case of being able to... Like, there's a provision thing in it. There's a, I need to be able to provide. My and wife I'll actually get... reminds me quite often of that. That back in the days when we had just $25 in a week to live on and we would go to a restaurant, one of our restaurants was a Thai restaurant in Neutral Bay, the two of us, and we would eat and we would count so that it's no more than $24. It was one of our happiest moments. It's never about the money, man. We have made the money because we've made money conditional to sending our kids to private school. We made it money so that money gives us the ability now to travel in business class rather than economy. We made it money because last year we made this much money and if we are going to be better in our own eyes, it's going to have to be better this year. We made it conditional because last year we changed the front yard so that neighbours could see. Now this year we're going to have to do it with the backyard so that the backyard neighbours could see. <laughs> we are the one making all the conditions, such as someone who wakes up in the morning and say, I need to read books, I need to do this, and I need, and I need, and I need. And if I don't do all that I need, then I will feel lousy and unsuccessful and bad. We are the one bringing up the conditions. Let me tell you one thing. I have had breakfast for $2.00. I still remember back when I first arrived here, I didn't have money at all. So I used to queue up in a um, deli shop waiting for a burger. And back in those days, so you know the year, I first arrived in, in Australia and I was waiting in the shop for $2.20. You had a cheeseburger and $2 it was a burger in the deli shop. And there were days when I looked at my money and I didn't know whether I'd have enough money for the next day. So I would stand in the back wall sniffing all the burgers and that would be my lunch. And quite often I would resist buying a burger because that money, I may need it the next day, right? Today, yeah, okay, I don't have to think twice before I spend $2. But does that make me feel happier? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Because I still talk about that point in, back in time where with $2.20, I was a happy person, man. So I, I think... We're going to have to start putting conditions for everything. This is why I'm, I'm taking you back to your office. You were talking about your office. I was talking about your achievement. And suddenly you were talking about the condition of your achievement. It doesn't have to be. Sit down and look, man. Sit down and look. And if those two offices give you too much trouble, let me know. I'll take it over from you. I'll take over your problem. And then, do you know what? You'll have new problems. I only have a house. I don't have a business. So we're going to have to stop this stuff. You guys know you've been around me for a number of years and you've seen many leaders who've been around me, like people who've been working with me, who are now making megaton money. Do I care? No. My passion is people. Their passion may just be money to buy horses, money to do things. Who cares? I'm happy for them. 
they trusted me. I have repaid my trust. And that should go on. There's no... But the problem with a lot of people start when we comparing. If I was to compare myself to some of our top leaders who made in their heyday $9 million to themselves. Yes, I should myself, but I don't. How can I compare them when they don't have what I have? When they don't have my four children? When they don't have my wife? How can I compare them? That would be unfair. But yes, if we restrict our life to just work, and work therefore becomes not a small part of our life, but the end all of our life, yes, we should cut our wrists if we see someone achieving nine million for themselves at the end of the year, and we only did 300. <laughs> That's not the end. And I am more the Jim Rohn, that I am a late bloomers. I was not born with gift to be making money like the Tiger Woods, the Michael Jordan, the Schumacher of the world, the Leclerc of the world. No, I have been built to blossom like the Jim Rohn, like the Wayne Dyer, the people who, are, who had to blossom at a different level. In a forest, in the Amazon, there are trees. There are trees that flourish at 30 centimeters from the ground and there are trees that flourish at 20 meters off the ground. Which trees are you? Broken. <laughs> With a hatchet. I trusted you, mate. Now I can't fucking walk. So that's... <laughs> Those yeah. prerequisites we put on ourselves over the morning, Thomas. So, yeah. You know, I, wa- I want to read a book and I want to exercise for 30 minutes and I want to get up at, you know, 6 o'clock and whatever, whatever. Mm. Do you say pick one instead of having 10? Pick one. No, he so, says once okay, mate. You can't need Wanting to do it and needing to do it are two completely different things. And how you beat yourself up afterwards when it doesn't happen are two completely different things. Okay. It's the line you used on me the other day. Stop needing to do stuff and start wanting to do stuff. And also make it as simple as possible. Why is it that reading a book is going to change your life? You tell me. Why is it that waking up in the morning and having to drink half a litre of alkaline water will change your life? Yeah. You tell me. Why is it that waking up in the morning and having to go through four prayers will change your life? No. What about waking up in the morning and tell yourself, I am alive. The rest is a bonus. What about that? And I think that that's what we have forgotten. Why? Because, and we are all in the same situation where our parents had to get to a level where they had to decide to go to work, both of them. Right? We now in the generation where both us and our spouse have to go to work. We, we don't even make a decision about it. We don't have we a choice. We have to go to work. Correct? Yeah. What would that be for our kids? That's why thanks to COVID-19, the most important values in our lives being reset. Not trying to look good on shit. Listen, I, I look at humility, I look at gratitude, and I see the people who are all about themselves. They post shit on... Uh, <laughs> Every now and then I do look at it because, you know, if you're interested in people, you have to look at people's behavior because people's behavior tell you. And then you look at them. It's like they just want to post the nicest picture of themselves. If the, po- the, the picture doesn't get enough like, they remove it. And they only share the things that they get from their own team. You ever seen this? And they share stuff from the people they like and the people they don't like, they don't share. Or the people who start talking to someone and what they want to do is undermine what they have good in their life, destroy their relationship so that they have problems there and they feel great because they created that problem. You see all that stuff and I sit and I go, wow, crazy behavior. 
And then they go on to podcasts or things like this and they say good, nice things. And then behind podcasts, they just undermine other relationship. So you see humility, all those virtues of gratitude, and they're not working. Are they working on the surface? Why? Because social media has turned them into a creature of surface shit. If it looks good on the surface, don't worry about the bottom. Yesterday, yes, I don't know where you do this, but yesterday I was watching Lego Master. And I really like these guys, Damien and whatever it is. I forgot their name. I, oh, I'm not very good. It's going to ruin the end. Watch it. <laughs> They almost got eliminated. Why? Because they were supposed to create some 3D thing. And instead of doing 3D on top and on bottom, they did surface look. They didn't do 3Ds. And they almost got eliminated. And to me, they're one of my favorites. And it was a matter for them to listen to the rules. But they didn't do it right to the end. And, and I could see the twins being upset about the fact that it looks great. I said, no, the rules is it had to be 3D underneath. They did 2D underneath, and hence there is a problem. We have to exercise very, very good mindset, not to listen to the sound of bullshit that tells us what we want to hear, but to discern who is talking to us to derail what we have good already so they can feel good about themselves. So while we are trying to break and wreck what we have, they laughing their head off. Is that successful? Because I now got a few thousand dollars more than you because we in a partnership. But I got my head totally screwed up by somebody else who pretended to be my friend. But whose only one thing is what I don't have, I must wreck. Mm. And only when you have gratitude at full level, genuine level, humility, you cannot exercise full success with grounding, which I said earlier. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I've, I've got nothing else to add, man. <laughs> okay, I can add to that. Get another bottle, bro. Wow. We finished that second one. Yeah, that's yeah but this one, this one is something I like to, now, to, this, to taste. This one this is... This is the yeah, Cabernet Franc. It's a limited release uh, from Himera. 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 Change the name. Himera. It's a 2017. Let's see how we go. Yeah, but hold on. This is the special one, right? It's so the we, limited edition. Mm. Limited re release. I mean, this is the one thing that I've now noticed in this winery. A lot of people go to large wineries because they trust the name. Do you know what I like about small estates like this? They have to earn their name. And so the stuff that they do, it's just top, topper level, you know? Like Shiraz, since when do you have just full Shiraz? There's always a bit of Merlot in it, always a bit of a blend, always, you know? It's just crazy. For a young Shiraz, that was very good too. That was very good. Mm. See. So, what do you think of this one? I'll take that home. Don't drink it. Mm, it's decent. What's that's that? Good. It's a Cab Franc. Cab Franc. That grape is a little bit smaller. It's uh, got a darker skin and a little bit smaller grape. Well, let oh, me man, tell you, boys, that's called 95 on the holiday 2020. Well, there you go. So, anyone who is going to really want to take the best out of Hemira and listen to Deep Podcast. You would want to get the 2017 limited release Cabernet Franc. But now that we said it, maybe there won't be much left because it's limited to us. I don't know, but maybe they have to. Where can you get it, Thomas? Yeah, only, from, only from the um, actual... Go on to the sellers and, and look at it. So H-E-M-E-R-A, put it on. Google it, have a look. A You'll be that. able to buy things very quickly. They deliver it to you, no problem. That is good. That is a nice one. Get into a bit of the cheese, mate, with it. That's, we say it about every wine, but the cheese is killing it. Always a good blue with some red. 
Wonderful. Listen, both of you guys are younger than me. And Much. I'm trying to... <coughs> Sorry, I did something in my throat. I am not going to let the chronological age <laughs> do anything because in terms of mindset, I'm way younger than both of you because I wake up every day and I look at life like a young kid. This is when I realize, you know, age means nothing. I had such a ball with his young son, Isaac, when he came to my place. Why? Because I can just think like a young kid. Mm. And do you know how young kids can look at problems and problems nothing? It's just something that is more right because they think of that now. And if they walk past that now, there's something else they don't have to think of. Where we adults, we carry our shit with us. Mm. And we go to a brand new place that we visit that is fantastic. And you know what we look at? Because we've been carrying that bag of shit with us, we put the bag down. We take that into the picture. No wonder what we see in the new thing can't be great because we still see the shit. And you know how fast you look at something that is shit in your life and straight away you get brought back there in terms of state and feel? That's what we do. Where young Isaac might... He was running around. He had a ball with the twins. And then he came down and he saw me by myself trying to cut timber. So I had to do this. And young Isaac, and to me, it was the best thing. Come, come, he comes up to me and says, Thomas, can I just help you? And I thought, hold on. There's twins he can run around with. There's so many, so many other things. There's a fire. That, which kid doesn't like fire? And I thought, no, he likes it. So I... I wanted him to do this. So I got into doing that with him. I said, man, you take that one. I take this one. And then I got him to drive the Polaris. And he he said, oh, no, no, I can't drive this. I said, come on, man. You can drive this. Don't worry. Anyway, I'm still alive. But but, but he did it. He did it. You know, And, and to me, just that bit of connection, I'm still talking about it now. Why? Because what is life? Life or work? You know, because if you restrict your life or the definition of your own life to just work, no wonder you can be unhappy every day. Today, you ain't made no sale. Life is shit. Today, you just lost two salespeople. Life is real shit. But if today you lost a listing, but then you went home and your kids are embracing you and say, Dad, we miss you. And that you have a kid coming to you and your kid saying, can I just help you do this with you? And if your life is all of that, how can it be shit? I agree with that. Absolutely. And we've spoken before about, you know, I think you brought up, posed the question once before, is our work life and our personal life separate or are they the same thing? And I think on that thought process, it's not that it's not a separate thing. It is the same thing. And it's the gathering of experiences and being able to take the best of them and enjoying those experiences for what they are. I mean, if you're schizophrenic, yeah, okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're, not, if you're not, well, then you're going to have to accept that, you know, they're all in one. I'm a schizophrenic and so am I. <laughs> and, and boys, you know, I think the podcast today is very important because to me, I work around people who achieve so much and when they open their mouth and talk to me, all I hear is that young orphan who has to sleep in New Delhi on the side of the railroad. Would you like to be there? Because if you're there, then you can complain to me. If you're not there and you have what you have, come on, where's your gratitude? Where's the humility you have? As I said, without those two, you cannot have a grounded level of success. And the people who don't have a grounded level of success, meaning that that level of success is not being built from the ground up 
but it's relying on something else, then you will do nasty things to yourself, ultimately harming yourself. Cheer up, mate. Yeah, no, look, no, it's very. So, no, it's not. It's not a cheer up thing. It's very. Uh, it's a. It's a very sort of thought provoking conversation. And where do you go from there? It's not much more to add onto that. There's not much more you can add onto that. It's a. Uh, it is what it is. I don't know, mate. There's a, there's there's nowhere to go. You can't sit here and say. Um, Why are you not saying anything? Is it since since I just deflated you? you <laughs> Don't want to say anything now. No, well, look, there's no argument with what you're saying, and I can't really have an input because I agree with you. I know for the, I know I got work to do. I know, I know everything you're saying, and for me to have an opinion on it, all I can say is I know and I agree. So, unfortunately, that makes for boring podcast and boring radio. But um, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Is it his humility or is it his way of saying that because these ideas this time came from me, it's boring? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the three... It, it's because if, if I don't have an input, the ratings on the podcast go down. Oh, that's do they? The, that's oh, right, okay. <laughs> I thought it was when I wasn't here, the ratings went down, but that's okay. It's that's right. not what Steve Thompson said. <laughs> Steve Thompson said, whenever Chris wants out, I'm in. <laughs> I think that... Those three points that we've spoken about today is that having those two to truly achieve the third. I think oh, Thomas likes nice. the wine. Just jump God, in there this is it's nice. A good, it's a good drop. Oh, my God. The spices on this. Yeah. <gasps> the spices on this. I am serious. This, man, I, I, I wish I opened it just by myself mm. when I'm feeling a little bit <laughs> not so humble and not so, yeah, not so grateful. Yeah, stop being I, so humble, mate. <laughs> I'd really like that with some nice... Rare spiced meat. Oh, what a beautiful wine! Oh, oh man, what is this again? So it's, it's Cabernet the, uh, Franc. It's a cup. Oh man! Limited release from a Mira. Oh, this 2017. It's amazing. So all three were 2017 today, correct? That's it. So if you did want to buy the podcast a present, go to Hermira. Uh, <laughs> Very nice drop. Oh, this shit's all over. What is it, that thing on non-alcoholic crap that you do there? <laughs> trying to poison us? What was it again? Oh, do you remember I was just trying to be healthy, mate. No, yeah. I don't remember. Pleasant Valley Spumanti no. shit's all over the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Fucking Spumanti. I haven't heard that for a long time. My old man time. used to buy it by the case. Seriously. <laughs> but uh, I think, look, I think the reason I've been so quiet is what everyone's just heard are conversations that go on on a sometimes a daily basis or a monthly basis or a weekly basis, depending on the time of year and, and what's going on in the world. And COVID. And COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, it's hard work. It's not hard work. For me to sit there and hear everything that I could be doing better and the things I'm doing well and, the, and then this and that, it's not, a, it's not something that want, makes you want to break out into a half an hour long conversation. And you, you do sit there and you do go introspective, which is why I said it's probably not great for podcasts. Like, it's not good for radio, but these are the things. And there's probably, I think, the very first podcast we, we had, TL, which was before Chris came along when things were good. <laughs> we said that... That's how he does it with the cooking, you know? Like, yeah, just throw Chris it in you how to cook. Just throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. Water off a duck's back, yeah, mate, seriously. One of my many things I've got I'm Waiting get. for an intelligent fucking <laughs> uh, No, but one of, the thing, one of the things we said was that if there's many more people in the world who don't have the association that we've got than do. And if what one of the things we can do with this podcast is provide that association for someone because the, the, the conversation that 
well, conversation. There was one person talking, but the the, the conversation that Thomas just had with me, with me is what people need in their life. They are the adult – and I call them adult conversations because there's so many – look, I've been picking fights on Facebook lately and it's been a lot of fun, but I've <laughs> – it's, it's, I saw you laugh. Oh, mate, it's <laughs> been brilliant. But I, I haven't been looking. So what, what is it? What, what oh, is? I think it's an awesome idea that the government's threatening us to download this app yep, and if yeah. we don't, they'll never let us out of our house And then again. he was fighting a nurse. He was fighting a nurse. And the nurse like, oh, said, well, if you don't want the app, don't ask for help. If you don't get it, if you get corona, I'm like, well, that's that's adult. That's yeah. mature. Anyway, this is a, what we've just had is, a, is an adult conversation and that's what a lot of people don't have in their life. And it's not easy to hear all the time. You and I have had many of those conversations. In the, in the four years we've known each other, there's been a lot of them. And you know my uh, my form line is we go deep, you point out some things, I generally go internal and don't speak for a little while and you wonder if I'm still on the end of the phone and that's all that people have heard here. There's not, I, I don't have 100 comebacks for you because we're talking about real shit and we're talking about real changes that have to be made or... Well, no, sorry, they don't have to be made. If you're happy with things the way they are, leave them the way they are. And if you want things to change, you change them. But it can't always be a two-way conversation because you have to hear that shit, you have to internalise that shit and you have to process it. The thing about this is, is TL's got, yes, he's older, but he's also... (laughs) And and not as sore as some other ones. He's got age on us, but he's also got... A bit of wisdom as well. Experience, and with experience comes wisdom and with... His passion has been studying people. So we don't all the time have the right to reply. And I've said many, many a time, I have spent four years now trying to prove you wrong. And the day I do, don't fucking worry. The day I do. <laughs> Everyone will You let me know. <laughs> Everyone will know, mate. The day I do, I'm, I'm coming for you. And it, it's not about agreeing with everything you say because initially, especially initially, I disagree with a lot of what you say and it fucking hurts and it fires me up and it triggers all those things That's in me day. that... It does hurt. That, you know, they're not easy things to hear all the time, especially when you go for my family, like not go for, but when you bring up my family, that, that shit is hard to... Digest. Yeah, it, it's hard to hear. But it's it's probably hard to hear because you know it's there. You know it's the truth yep. and you know you, can you can't that. argue with it. And It's a people don't remove see. away from your pride and yeah. allow your humility to come but out. But, you know, we sit there, you know, there's been a few pauses. I'll probably get edited out, the pauses in this podcast, but there's been a few pauses. Pauses where Thomas is sitting there waiting for me to say something or waiting for Chris to say something, and sometimes you just can't because you've hit the point. You've we know it's true, and then being able to openly accept it and deal with it all at the same time is it's not an easy thing. Yeah, but remember, boys, that it is a great topic for the moment because 100%. if you notice yeah. for the moment, what is the opposite of gratitude? It's blame. All you're hearing right now is the blame. The Chinese created a lab. Yeah. Who hasn't been working? The organization, no, the World Health Organization hasn't done its job. The people who went on the beach didn't do their job. The police didn't really do their job. The teachers are not really uh, going back fast enough. I mean, Kristen is not doing his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's <Something> blame. New. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's blame everywhere, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what? That is telling us our real issue is our society. We open our mouth just to blame. Yeah. Why? Because when you can't open your mouth to feel grateful about something, you have to open your mouth to blame someone. It's the easy reaction. It's the easy way out. But it also creates the outcome. Jack Canfield. Oh, chicken soup. Chicken soup. But the success principles. 
is the book of his that I couldn't read it. It's 26 hours in audio form. Shit, that's a long book. Oh, fuck, mate. But one of, his, one of his things is, one of his success principles is you have to take 100% ownership for everything you have in your life. And his justification for that is because people say, oh, well, I can't control if I get cancer or I can't control if someone pulls a gun out on me or if I can't control if someone does something horrible to me. And his answer to that is, well, you can because without your reaction, there is no outcome. So his formula for it is E plus R equals O, event plus reaction equals outcome without... You can get cancer and have a certain reaction to it. The outcome is much different. The way you go live the rest of your life is much different to whereas if, if you have the opposite reaction, you can so event have result. No, event plus reaction equals outcome. Outcome, okay. Without no reaction, there isn't an outcome. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you can react by thank you very much calling well, them every calling them every name under the sun and carrying on and then it ruins the rest of your day yep. and for the rest of the day you're blaming that fuckwit who cut you off in traffic yep. or someone cuts you off in traffic and you go, oh, they're human too and maybe they didn't see me and they wave and say sorry and you go, look, people fuck up. Completely different outcome. You can't control the event but you can control the, re the reaction. Now, a lot of the blame stuff that's happened with COVID, we've had an event happen, a man-made event that was manufactured in a laboratory that's been done on purpose and... <laughs> Here we go. Is it in China but, or in Vietnam? Because uh, oh. sometimes I feel it's in Vietnam. Like on Saturday, I went to buy something at uh, Hardware General. <laughs> and, and one of the prick that was trying to serve me, I could feel his racism oh. coming out. <laughs> and I almost felt like saying, I'm not Wuhan. Yeah, but how did you react to that event and what was the outcome? I, I said nothing to him. I felt sorry for the ignorant prick that he was. Mm. And half of me was happy that... We need pricks like this to be doing the position he was doing. But the other half was a bit empty. But I thought, you know, no, have a look at this is the problem. Where did this guy learn this? This guy learned this from our media. <laughs> We're going back down the media hole. And no, no, Strap no. On. And, and, and our media has been doing what? Look at 60 minutes in the last few weeks. What have they been doing? 60 minutes. Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. Yep. Yep. Right? 60 minutes that. That used to be a reputable thing for uncovering shit. I did not even watch more than a minute of that woman. Well, I don't even know her name last night. Where she was talking to some Chinese guy about what he said and what he was feeling. And I could see because we in sales, we could see the lines that they say and where mm. they're going to go. And what is the objective of their questioning. We could see it. Now, the normal public may not, but we're in sales. So, you know, it's a yeah. little bit like the guy who's a mechanic can see faults in a car before we even uh, start the car or, yeah. or, or roll off. So, and I thought, no, I don't need this shit. So I, I switch it off. But I'm just thinking, how many idiots with low IQ are going to wake up today and point the fingers at the Chinese? As if that dude there that I pointed the finger at has created this shit. We gotta have to stop the blame crap. Yeah. It's not doing shit. It's not creating anything. Well, it's you know? creating the outcome we've got, which is anger, fear, and, and everything else. That that was the long-winded point I was trying to make. We can react in certain ways. Since this thing's happened, we've had, and it's with every fucking thing. The bushfires happened. The majority was blame that created the outcome, which was all the anger, and it still hasn't helped the people who have had their houses burned down get paid because I believe a lot of them still haven't get paid. That's right. Yeah. Since this thing's happened and we've seen it in our industry and we've seen it everywhere, there's the reaction has been blame someone else, 
cry poor about it and spend so much time working hard not to lose that they've forgotten to work hard to keep trying to win. Because if it's someone else's fault, yeah, well, I've just got to try and cover up. We've seen businesses try and bend hand over foot to get this handout from the government instead of putting the same amount of energy into just keep doing what they were doing in the first place. Mm. That's creating the outcome. So. It's the society, not the society, but the environment that we grow up in. If we've got parents that are gra- show gratitude and humility, those children, again, will be the ones that lead themselves to all made it towards more gratitude and humility, regardless of what the media I does. speak. What Say humility again. Humility. Is that better? I think it's those environments that we breed, that we live in, and we've spoken about this previously. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't have the self-awareness well, to stop humility. and think to say, let's not just always point the finger. Let's be a, a solution. Being able to take 100% ownership for everything in your life is a humility thing. You can't do that if you've got too much ego. You can't do that if you're... The inability to say, and we're not talking about COVID now, I'm talking about anything, but a lot of people have an inability to say, I need more of this shit. I fucked up. There's some people, I know some people who cannot get the words, I fucked up, out of their mouth. Just can't happen. They can't admit a fault. Just not. No. It it can't happen. And for them, so then the outcome, the O in the E plus R equals O, is always different to someone who says, this happened, some of it was my fault. The O is, is always different. And they're the people who ex- accept the R, the people who accept that they're in complete control of their reaction are the people who can accept the outcome then. And that's what we're missing. Some people go the other way, which is a false humility, where, oh, it's all my fault or whatever, and they're doing that for... Yeah, they're doing it for a different reason. For do, so, doing it completely So they're using it as a vehicle rather than yeah. being the state they should be in, right? right? Yeah. One of the things I, I always I believe is it's also part of upbringing. If my... Um, children were to blame people, I tell them. I always tell my children, if you're going to criticize something or someone, bring me a solution. The twins, for example, because I spend more time with them, anyone who comes around, they know our job is to make them feel special. So if they have... They must have missed children, a memo on me, if they, if, <laughs> if, if they have... Sorry? They must have missed a memo on me. <laughs> no, someone younger than them. Because <laughs> I told them, the banter, give, mate. Those girls are sharp, them, bro. I, I told them, give up on the elderly. <laughs> Except mum and dad. <laughs> Sorry to butt into your point. I was just thinking, Sorry, of, I was no, thinking of the point, last yeah. things Zara said to me. But you're I'm right, like, man. It's a learnt trait. So, so my children, when, if younger children uh, come into our place, Beautiful. they will spend the day to make them feel special, you know? And I think that that is a talent in order to foster gratitude, yeah, humility. I think it's very important. And so as a parent, those are the things you have to do, you know. On the other hand, I'm the opposite, and I've been, <laughs> I've been doing that with Cameron, where if young children come to my place and they go outside values, I don't care they my best friends or they're my friends' kids. I will come like a ton of brick. Why? Because there is a rule. Value is not to be liked. Value is to be lived, Okay. And so I was talking about Isaac earlier. There was a time when Isaac said some swear stuff, and I said, you can't do that. And it took him a, a few seconds for him to react to that. But then on Sunday, like, he was great, the kid. Right? He didn't want to, to let me do things by myself. He had to be. He, he walked around and drove around more than me. Why? Because if you really try to live by the highest values all the time, Children, that's what they love because they know that feels better. 
isn't it? I mean, in the end, as human beings, we only do the things that feels better. The other things that we do that seem to feel better, they're shortcuts. But that's not because they feel better. That's mainly because we logically have justified that as a replacement for something harder that we should have done. There's a lot of consistency to what you do too, which is I think kids would find valuable. So your values are your valuables and you don't change your message from minute to minute, day to day. I mean, my kid's putting up with me one minute I'm happy as and they can do whatever they want. The next minute if they talk too loud, I'm, I'm up and yeah, so it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one thing – and it's taken – it, well, it hasn't taken Indy any time. It, it, Jack's starting to warm up. Isaac, I think you made – You've got a new friend in Isaac from the weekend, but it's not the first time they've met you. No. But you've been the same since day dot. Kids love consistency. That's, that's, a, that's a consistent message. And then, the, well, it breeds trust too. Because yep. they know that TL's not out to harm him in any way and he's got rules for his house and that's what he follows. I mean, and your kids, I mean, I can vouch for the kids. They're, Indy calls them, and I don't know whether you're happy about this or not, but Indy's got two new cousins now. When are we going to see the cousins again? <laughs> The confusing thing for me, she's already got a set of twin cousins <laughs> that are actually her cousins. <laughs> so now she's got two sets of twin cousins. She, oh, she's protected, mate. When she's around the twins, she's protected. And, yeah, Isaac, you got to see the best of Isaac on Sunday. Like, he's got a heart. Mm, oh, beautiful. Of, mate, but I, I actually love Jack, too. Jack, Jack you, sat around, but they, the, we did a bonfire. So know. Jack was, we started our fire pit, I'm sorry. And Jack was opening up. He was telling me what happened to him at school and all. And I thought, you know, do you know what, Jack? I'll tell you what I think, but I can't tell you more if I don't know. So I'm not going to be smart about this. So I talked about some of the stuff. And, and I could feel the goodness in Jack. But I think that Jack's behavior is a lot to do with what he has to do for the moment between trying to please Bad side. adults, trying to put shit in his head. And also Jack trying to survive as a kid who sees that, you know, his father is now starting a great family and, and the kids are happy and that maybe he hasn't got it. Yeah, I think there'll come a time, mate, well, he'll stand up and say, Dad, can I live with you? Mate? And he'll go full oh, time. Don't throw that out there, mate. That's not... But you know what? No, but you know what? If you keep going the way you're going and things are improving, you know, mate... <laughs> We should talk about the Saturday conversation before the, <laughs> before we talk about the Sunday conversation, mate. <laughs> no, he look. I love that kid, and um, you yeah, know we've talked about a lot of my misgivings on this podcast, and he's got to wear all of them, and he's also got to wear all from the other side, and he's also seen a lot of what he's. No thirteen-year-old should have had to see some of the stuff he's seen throughout his life just because of the way that things have gone. You know, we broke up when he before his first birthday, so there's been a lot of stuff from the time he was one to to now that the poor buggers had to to go through. That I don't think any any kid should have to see. None of it's his fault, and sometimes you forget that none of it's his fault when you you're there ready to um to throttle him. But he's got his own defences to deal with. He can't let people get too close. Given what's going on in his life, there's a lot there that he thinks he has to protect himself from. Yeah. And it makes it hard. It makes it so hard. But um, all he needs, I guess all he needs is a safe space and whether he feels safe at our place because if he gets too safe at our place, what's the other side going to do to that? And I'm not, I'm not scared to say that shit. That's, uh, that's just the way it is. It's unfortunate, um, but yeah. But then put him in, a, I mean, the last time, I think Jack's only been to TL's place twice and the last time they talked for about an hour and a half or two hours about Minecraft and that's something I've never done with him. 
because we can't hold a conversation for that long. And then this time round, he was sitting. He chose to sit next to TL for the fire, and you know, you got the stuff you told me yesterday that he said. Oh, I haven't even heard that stuff yet about school and friends and different bits and pieces. And it must be. I was about to drop the C word then, but it must be an absolute prick of a position to be in where you're so worried that everything that comes out of your mouth is going to sway one parent one way or the other that it's, you know, you can't, I don't know. I don't wish it on any kid. I don't wish it on any parent. <laughs> yeah. I say to, mate, I, <laughs> I say to many people my age or, or younger, look, get married, don't have kids if you're not sure because a marriage you can end real quickly. But when there's a child involved, that's something that never leaves you. That's it, man. And the battle that... We've had and, and go through on a, on an ongoing basis has been something I'll learn a lot from, and I hope hope and pray that Jackie Boy learns from it and doesn't hurt him rather than yeah you know, because it can go different ways with that sort of stuff. We're sitting here grown men now talking about what happened to us when we were kids shaping who we are now. So fuck. It's Anthony always, Robert <laughs> says it, man. You got to thank your parents for the good and the bad because mate, what he's going through might help him come out the other side to be an absolutely awesome human. He already is an awesome hero. When he, when he breaks, when he opens up, you see it. He's fucking smart, yeah. mate. And he is kind and he is, he's got it. I'm not just saying that because he's my kid. It's all there. Yeah. It's all the shit that goes on around it and all the walls, so many walls that we've got yeah. to well, break down. Which, which is normal. Like the yeah. more you heard in life, the, the more, more of a thick skin you have to grow to survive. Otherwise you're dead. We spend three, like we spend, he comes to us on a Friday and it's not till probably Sunday afternoon that we are okay and having a, a normal conversation because there's two days of trying to rebuild bridges and break down walls. Like it's a, and it's a never, and then there's another fortnight. Like it, it's never a continuous thing. If it wasn't, it was very nearly that he wasn't at Thomas's place for that day. So those conversations never would have happened and those walls wouldn't have got broken down at all. There wouldn't have been a Sunday afternoon where we were okay and there wouldn't have been the Monday morning where we wake up said, Love you, mate, and hugs and kisses and and the rest of it. Because if you had gone home Saturday, all that we had was two days of shit. So it's um, oh, fuck, mate, crazy, yeah, absolutely crazy. But the one and that's the one thing he has obviously. Oh, he's met TL a couple of times, but he's been there twice now where the message has stayed the same and the level of respect and whatever. Nothing has changed. So now he knows, and by the end of. Sunday night, he's telling you about his school and his friends and the fights he's having and who he's not happy with. And it's a crazy thing. And you sit back again, you, you want to go into it's about them, it's not about you. And you, but you, you can't help but sit there and go, fuck, I haven't had that conversation. And you go, yeah, yeah, but and you then don't. you go, <laughs> listen, it's called the uncle syndrome, <laughs> right? The uncle always gets my crazy what the Asian will uncle. Never, <laughs> never the parents will get. But uh, I have to say, Jack's a good kid. Actually, he's a very smart kid. What he needs is just sit down, and here is where I'm going to close. He just needs to sit down with an uncle that's going to teach him that gratitude, humility is going to bring him way, way more than ego pride yeah. or ego protection or having to blame someone. Once he gets that, you will see the full-blown Jack because he's a freaking intelligent kid. I have very rarely have seen a 13-year-old Mate, some of the comeback he's, he's got. I'm, I'm listening to him sometimes. Like that night around the fight, he couldn't see me because he was dark. And some of the shit he was saying, I'm thinking, shit, that's Cameron next to me. Because <laughs> he's got those comeback, mate. That's fast. That's mature. So he's got that side of him. But that side can never be unleashed if his entire being is being chained on the other side. Yeah. Got to be unchained first. And, and this is why I say this. 
We have to remember, COVID for the moment is the best way of bringing the best and the worst in us. It takes a very special human being to get the best out and tame the worst. How we do one thing is how we do everything. And what we need to be doing is, if we learn to really approach our day with gratitude and humility, I think that we will then be able to focus our mind on auto-drive, looking always for positive things that happen to us rather than blaming others. And when that happens, doesn't matter what kind of day we have, we're going to have a great day. Because let me tell you, as much as it rain or there's sunshine on the planet, in our life, we are, some days are going to have rain, some days are going to be sunshine, right? So it's up to us to equip ourselves not up to us to try and change the weather of our days. Thank you very much, boys, for very today. Very good, mate. Thanks, Chief. Talk soon. Thanks so much. Jeez, Thanks, boys. Talk to you soon. Peace out, mate.